Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 358. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Peace. Matt Smith. Good evening. And our special returning guest, who may as well just be a host on the show, Lyle Richardson, a.k.a. Spectres Hockey. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, guys. We're, we're just surprised you keep saying yes. <laughs> I'm hungry for fame. <laughs> You're not getting it here. <laughs> You're going in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, no, I keep coming back because because y'all are, are two things that uh, that I like and admire. You're in the Canadian forces and you're Habs fans. So you thought it's because we made you look handsomer. Well, there's that too. <laughs> By comparison, except for yeah. Matt. Matt just makes Matt just makes us all look bad. Well, yeah. thank you for that. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now that we're done, the awkward silence. Dead air. Uh, okay. uh, I don't like know that the stab that that at was, me or. No, no. That was not sexual harassment on Matt. I promise. Uh, all right. So this episode, basically, we're, we're coming into the NHL draft period now. We're about nine days away. Uh, there's a ton of rumors just flying around. And Lyle, that's your wheelhouse. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. This this is the season. The playoffs are over. All 32 teams can start trading again. And we're only, uh, I think, a week and a half away from uh, from the start of the draft. So this this is the time of year when all the chatter starts up hot and heavy again. All the GM's arms are going to get sore from playing Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> I just got to fix my chair. It, it, is your chair too high up? Probably. Is it too low? I'm short. <laughs> full, full grown size? It's for it's for adults, so I have to. There we go. We're good. We're good. He's got to get the booster seat. He was doing dips before. <laughs> that's why he looks so jacked right now. That's what it is. <laughs> it was abs today. It was abs. Oh, oh. For the rest of us, that's called an ab. Mm. Yeah. Singular. Well, I don't. I don't know. I kind of lost mine over the off season. So. Well, you're not cutting. You're you're bulking. Yeah. No, I am cutting now. Oh, I'm, oh I'm 15. That's... I start. I started cutting last week. I'm 15 weeks out. So, oof. Oh man, competition. Oh, oh. Seriously, best of luck, Trey. Seriously. Yeah. Again, I'll I, I'll, I, I'll do my best. As as I, as I told you guys before, I mean, I, I I used to work when I was out in a, out in a Squamalt in the West Coast fleet. <laughs> I used to work out at Gold's Gym there, and I you know in the late 80s, and I used to know a couple of guys there that uh, when they were trained there that they were getting ready for competition, and oof, you know the dedication. Beyond what I'd be willing to do. I like my food too much. So. I just ate a bowl of cream of rice, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> How food uh, is cream of rice is the treat. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for letting me put honey in it. Well, it's all good. After this, after this podcast, I'm going to have some ice of cream. So it's all there good. There you right? go. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in about a week and a half, uh, Matt and I are going to have 
the beer of cold and Treg is going to watch us. <laughs> well, my trainer said I can take that week and that's your cheat week, is it? Well, let's Kinda. just say, yeah, we'll see. I'll watch them. If we're, like, if, them. we're if we're, if we're, at a re- if we're at a restaurant together and you're like, can I have a skinny licious menu, please? I'll be like, you're a, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> right. So I, I'll literally say it out loud. <laughs> I'm just going to ask for chicken and rice. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get there us kicked go. out of this. You're going to get us kicked out of the state. <laughs> Tina, Tina's coming, so she's going to drink all the beer that I wouldn't drink. So, okay. well, finally, someone cool's coming with us. Well, she can probably drink us all under the table. So, uh, yeah, she I'm can. warning you now. So, oh yeah, you you've partied with Tina. <laughs> yeah. Why is I it? Why I remember. Is, why is it? Why is it? Women who are named Tina can can drink guys under the table, and I say that because my wife is named Tina. <laughs> I don't know. Her family's from woman... That's why. Yeah. Well, there you go. My wife's family is from Newfoundland. Well, there you go. So. And that an island's an island, right? It. Yeah, the islands unto themselves. They, they, yeah. What else is there to do? <laughs> <laughs> you think anyone with their name with the uh, with their first name that ends in uh is dangerous? Mm. Yes, that is a fact. Fact. Anyway, back to hockey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle-aged men enough. commiserating with middle-aged men. Yes, tonight <laughs> on the WB. There we go. Okay. For anyone who wants to listen to me commiserate about former people in my life, uh, just meet me in Nashville, buy me a few beers, and see what happens. <laughs> oh, seriously, come buy me beers. Yeah, he's desperate. He needs. <laughs> we're, we're warning you when we go to the states for a draft, we hang out with some pretty high level people. Isn't that Except right? Except for Lyle, because that is true. Can't come. That's right. I mean, Dallas. You had Mark Bergevin, Guy Lapointe, the Hunter brothers, that George Bush's airplane pilot. <laughs> he was awesome. He was. He was a pretty cool guy. Especially when he was buying his drinks. There I drank a lot of Jack Daniels that night. <laughs> Oof. That was that was something close to the the noises we were making at the end of the night. <laughs> they when were the, the diamond coming up. Y'all were the diamond dogs by that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were howling at the rising sun. Let's put it that way. Oh God. What time does day two start? Oh, we got an hour. <laughs> and you can hear and now you can hear snails crawl. <laughs> well, we did make it back oh. in time for day two. It's day like two, day two has been as from my experience as well. Day two is 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 the roughest. It is definitely the roughest day. I mean, oof, various various forms of oxidization coming off of people from the night before and yeah and and people yes. looking very very sad <laughs> luckily the next six rounds go a lot quicker than the first round oh yeah absolutely yeah you're you're very grateful for that by that point yeah but so speaking anyway. of so speaking of a hockey podcast uh... yes <laughs> see i join see i come in and everything just goes right off the rails <laughs> i mean we were talking for a good what 40 minutes before we started just for fun <laughs> My wife knew that it was this is going to take a while. She said, "Oh, you're doing okay. You're doing halves and two. Okay, so two hours. <laughs> well, no, no, it'll probably only take an hour." She's like, "No, no, two hours. No. You know, I'll see yeah. you in two hours." Okay. Always the way. My wife knows it too. 
So, so, guys, Matt, so anyone, saying... if if uh, for listeners are still there, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so let's just, I guess we'll just yeah. hop right into rumors, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the first one, uh, right mm-hmm. off the hop, uh, I think this is a pretty large one because it's uh, it, it involves Eric Carlson, a 100-point defenseman, former Norris. Uh, did he win a Norris? Yeah, oh, he couldn't have. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah no. he did. Not no, he couldn't twice. have. He played for the Senators. And still won it twice. <laughs> Incredibly, yes. But apparently he is in the news because San Jose's looking to move him. Well, San Jose's been looking to move him basically since last fall. I mean, uh, Mike Greer, you know, let everybody know back in November that he was willing to entertain offers. And there were teams that were, uh, you know, looking into acquiring him before the trade deadline. Edmonton, of course, being the the main pursuer, if you will. Oh, I'm not sure how serious that, that that got, but I mean, they were looking into it before they ultimately went the sensible, more affordable, hey, this guy will plug in better on our blue line with uh, Matias Ekholm. Uh, but of course, you know, most people figured that uh, if you're going to move this guy, it would have to be the off season because uh, that's when teams will have more cap space and a willingness to spend. But the same old problem exists. There's one major road. There's one major uh, roadblock in that path to a trade, and that's his contract. You know, eleven point five mil per season for four more seasons with a full no movement clause. Though he'll waive that clause if you know if he base if he goes to a contender, he's going to waive it. Um, if he if Ottawa wants him back, I think he would waive it. He maintains a home in Ottawa, so if they were willing to bring him back, I'm sure he'd happily return. And Sens fans would would welcome him back, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's that contract. And the the Sharks are willing to retain some salary in it, but they're reluctant to make, to retain a full 50%, which would work out to be 5.75 mil a season for the next four years. That's a lot of freight to carry for four years. You know, if it was if it was two. I, I could see them doing it. Anything beyond that, yeah, that's e- even with the cap going to be leaping considerably uh, over the next, the following three seasons after, you know, 2023, 24, even with those big increases, they're, they're still not going to want to carry that if they can avoid it. Yeah. The return so, would have to be substantial. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they're, they would prefer something in the ballpark, you know, 3.5 mil, 3.25, 3.5 mil. Which again, that ain't nothing. But by the same token, but it's not five point seven five, and you yeah, can more still comfort- not a top six player. Yeah, you can, you can, you can still comfortably carry that, uh, especially as the cap cap goes up. But they're also they're not just going to give them away either. They're going to want a substantial return, and and we got a good idea of what Mike Greer is looking for when he made the Timo Meyer trade. You look at that return that he got from New Jersey, and now you expect more you know he's going to want a better return than what he got for meyer so you know there there are teams uh reportedly who are interested who are kick you know as pierre lebron said last week you're kicking tires but you know i think this is something that's going to take a it's going to take a three-team deal to pull it off i think you got to spread those cap dollars around and if it's a three-team deal uh the sharks can't be picking up the tab for half you know, I think that's got to be a thing where it's a third, a third, a third, you know, to kind of balance it all out. Because if if not, then what's the point, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I, that that's that's how I I would foresee it going down. Whether that happens, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks because it's between now to me. I think it's between now and the end of, end of, you know, end of June. 
the next two weeks. That's when teams have the most cap space. That's when they can invest. Once you hit July 1st, as we all know, that's when the free agent frenzy starts. And even though they're, you know, this year's free agent crop is not that great, there's still going to be a lot of, a lot of crazy money being tossed around. And once it's done, there's not going to be very many teams that'll have enough left to go back and say, okay, let's, you know, we didn't find the defenseman we wanted in free agency. Uh, let's circle back and see about Carlson. I've, I've even heard it suggested, well, hey, look, uh, they traded Eric Carlson, uh, you know, in September, the Senators did, so maybe the Sharks can do it. And it's like, ah, oh, but you're forgetting one thing. When they did that trade, he wasn't carrying 11.5 mil a season for four years. So. Which is a pretty heavy burden. Even if they did eat a third, and Arizona probably would be the other team that would take that other third. Or maybe so Chicago. Can... Or Chicago. I would look more we'll Chicago. They've got the most cap space out of any team right now. But it's more which team is going to be willing to do a rebuild over the next three to four years. Because mm. that's that's just, when you're rebuilding, you don't really don't need that cap space to compete. Montreal takes a third and gets pick number four. <laughs> <laughs> and then they can get Mitchkov and whoever else they want, four or five. <sighs> Done. My sources tell me. Yeah. And my source is Matt. <laughs> well, uh you you mentioned the uh the really crappy free agent class and I agree it is Oof. garbage. Woof. But the last couple of days it just improved because the Canucks went and did something drastic and bought out Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh his 8.2 million per season contract for the next 4 years bought out. Mm-hmm. So now they got they got him on their cap for the next eight years, but they pick up about $7 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a terrible, terrible move. They had, they had yes. no choice, though. Mm-hmm. They really had no choice. And you can't fault the current management because they weren't the ones who brought the guy in in the first place. That's, that's, a, that's a Jim Benning gift that will just keep on giving for the next eight years that they got saddled with. Um, yeah, the fact that they didn't eat, that they didn't let this drag out at all. I mean, as soon as like opening day of of you know of the bio period, boom, Ekman Larson's off the you know off the team. Uh, that tells me there was no market for him. They couldn't even swing a three team deal. Nobody wanted this guy, you know. So yeah, certainly not to pick up any remaining portion of his contract. Now maybe as an unrestricted unrestricted free agent. Uh, somebody might look at at signing him for considerably less than what he was earning on his previous deal. And I don't think he's going to complain about it because he's still getting, you know, two thirds of that, you know, for the next eight years. He's not going to be complaining about that at all. But um, no, I I wouldn't. (laughs) I know you were saying that tongue in cheek when you said, yes, the free agent market just got better because Ekman Larson's into it. Uh, Yes and no. He really is one of the better defensemen out there now. Mm, better than Dmitry Orlov right now? I said one of. <laughs> yeah, that, that just goes to show how shallow the uh, the free agent pool is. Uh, but, a, but a guy like Ekman Larson, whoever he signs with, he honestly doesn't have to take that much because he's getting that he's oh, yeah. getting that buy-in. Yeah, right? he, that's what so, I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He right? he won't need to take much, but are you you know he's 31 years old his play has been in decline for the last what four seasons he's been in decline 
Um, I don't see him magically picking up and becoming, uh, you know, a top two defenseman again, or even, you know, somebody you'd have considered top three. Um, I'm not saying nobody will pick him up. Nobody will sign him, but it'll be short term. And he is a depth defenseman at this point. Yeah. You know? Wow. I think he'll, I think he might turn into kind of like what happened to Sammy Vatnin. Mm. Right. Sammy Vatnin was mm. like kind of one of the guys. And then was there, you got to remember like Anaheim had absolute stacked defense yeah. for a long time. And a lot of guys came out of there. And then as they started kind of splitting up, some guys didn't do so well. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Eric Carlson 2.0. Carlson was on a steady decline. And then all of a sudden, when there was no one else there to score, he became one of the greatest defensemen. He's gonna go to Tam- he's gonna go to Tampa for a league minimum. <laughs> then, then he's gonna go to Alt <laughs> actually Carlson's gonna get traded to Tampa, go at LTIR, <laughs> come back for the playoffs, and then they're them in Vegas will be playing in the final. Yeah. Uh, tradition. Yeah. The funny thing about the free agent market, though, too, is is there are name there are actually names there. You know, Patrick Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, and you think yes. And if this was three to five years ago, we'd be yeah. going, "Damn, man, this is going to be a free agent market to watch." But yeah. no, unfortunately, no. Father Time has has been catching up with them in various stages, and uh, and with Patrick Kane having a hip resurfacing done, um, they'll still be interested in him, but that could be a signing we see later on in the summer, much later. Correct. Yeah, for much less than what he would have probably gotten if he were healthy. Well, it'll be a one year show me, one year show yeah. me deal for yeah, maybe three three point five, you know. It's not like it's going to hurt him. The you know the guy's coming off a deal where he was averaging ten point five mil a season for eight years. It's he's he's not going to be hurting. But yeah, I I will be very surprised if he winds up with a multi year deal that's over five mil a season. Do you see the Habs looking at any free agents? I personally don't think they're going to touch the free agent pool. But do you, Lyle, see the Habs? Honestly, look, I, I think Ken Hughes, will, he's going to keep his, his options open, of course. You know, see what's out there. If, if there's nothing shaken in the trade market, that's going to help them out. But, you know, they're on a rebuilding course. Free agency at this stage, if you're signed a free agent, you're just trying to plug a hole. Okay? You're not looking to, we want to get better. It's like, no, no, you're focusing on your younger talent. It's just like, oh, we still have a weakness uh, on our on our bottom third defense. Okay, who can we grab that's cheap? Who's, you know, can be a shutdown guy, you know, has some leadership quality and will come in affordably. You know, you're basically plugging a hole. Corey Perry. Hey, why not? <laughs> I don't think Corey wants to come back to rebuilding team. The sad thing is, if, if, you know, they could have kept him. They could have. I still, come on, come on, Mark Bergman, come on, dude. One more. He only wanted one more year. You just wanted yeah, a two-year contract. He only wanted one more. Yeah. But hey, it worked out for him, and and the way that the Habs fell apart afterwards is probably for the better for him. So yeah. Now, on the free agent. Well. Moving on from free agency back to the rumors, um, I know that there's a big hullabaloo right now in Vegas about goaltenders. Who do they keep? Who do they let go? Uh, will they trade for anyone? Have you heard anything in there? It's well, it's all quiet right now for obvious reasons. Um, but well, it's uh, quiet, sort yeah, of quiet in terms of in terms of trade rumors. It's quiet yeah. right now. Yeah, they're they're all still just <laughs> rocking it on the strip right now. Um. You know, 
Yeah, there is a big log jam there in goal. Um, we know that they uh, wanted to talk. Uh, they they actually did offer Aiden Hill, their uh, playoff hero, a contract before this is before the playoffs. Uh, but he wanted to wait until the season was over. And that turned out to be a very, very shrewd decision on his part because his value just jumped. And if they let him go, he will not lack for suitors uh, in the free agent market based on his, yeah, it's a, it's a small sample size, but hey, you backstop a team to the Stanley Cup. What Jordan Bennington gonna, did. Yeah, you're going to get paid. So, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's a, everything that complicates this, of course, is Robin Lehner's status. And that's that's the one to watch. Um, he's been, of course, he's been re- he was recovering from double hip surgery. Plus, there was another surgery in there as well. Uh, there's also his well-documented financial difficulties off the ice. Um, I actually wrote that a week ago, and somebody and somebody in my comment section said, "What? What? What financial you know difficulties?" So we all had to explain to him. Okay, basically, he's bankrupt because he invested in a lizard farm. <laughs> so. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it all comes down to what they're going to do with him. If he's healthy, they could buy him out. That seems like the most obvious choice because I mean, you've, you've, you've got, uh, is it Logan Thompson is Logan Thompson. Two, he's got two more years. Okay. At league minimum at league minimum. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. affordable. I think they would be very comfortable with a Thompson Hill tan. I think, yeah. I think that'd be the best thing that they could do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Brosseau is, is going to go to free agency. It'll be, you know, thanks very much, you know, but they're not going to get rid of Logan Thompson. No, and, guy with the all-star game. Yeah, exactly. So, right, so. And, and he was, yeah. So, you know, I think they'd be very comfortable with that. And of course, Jonathan Quick, I think Jonathan Quick's heading for retirement. It seems that way. And you know what? It would be a good way to go out. Oh yeah. This would be a great way to go out. For him um you know but again the the only the whole wild card in this thing is 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 robin laner and, and what's going to happen with him if i would have thought if he was healthy he would have been bought out on the first day right. um maybe that still happens maybe they're just trying not to be cold or maybe it's just no we don't want to carry that uh that salary on our books he does he's, he's not signed for long and it's not really expensive but they don't have a lot of money to play with either. They always, you know, they're always bumping up against the cap. Um, and then they lose that LTIR that they can carry into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing too. And that's the other thing too. The other thing is if, if, if Laner is still, you know, still bothered by his hip, hip problems or whatever, they, cause they still have him on LTIR for now. So we'll just have to wait and see. So there's this kind of intrigue with him right now. But it all stems from that. Ultimately, Thompson Hill, I think, is is the tandem they want to go with. Now, you talk about intrigue, and we saw quite a bit of it this weekend in Montreal for mm. some odd reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's F1 weekend in Montreal. Yes. All kinds of people are in town. Even Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, was in Montreal. Paul was going to the house. Yeah, it's totally, it's taken over the league. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, and this, this ties into what we do for a living. Um, on a boat, there were a couple of hockey players. PLD and, and Caulfield hanging out on a boat and tongues started to wag. 
So is Trevor Ziggers. Trevor Ziggers was there too. Okay. Almost the size of our Navy too. Okay. 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 (laughs) Tongues were wagging. I'm going to tell you all right now, they're just good friends. They're just good friends. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Um, And that's They have the same agent and whatnot, or the Mm. same agency. Yeah. Well, look, look, PLD lives in Montreal. I mean, come on. What's he supposed to do? Be a hermit and not go and, uh, oh, look, there's some heads around. We're out watching Formula One like me. Hey, let's all get together on the boat. Woo. You know, like, come on. Yes, he should be a hermit. Oh, yes, he absolutely (laughs) should be. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's all smokescreen because Montreal's picking up Trevor Zagris on a trade. There it is. Because he he was there too. And everyone's looking at PLD. Yeah. No one's looking at Trevor Zagris. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Treg, you are on it, my friend. Uh, Nah. God. I will be so glad when this whole Dubois situation gets sorted one way or the other. You think he goes um, to Montreal? Look, I I will not rule it out, but I I really don't see Montreal going after him if he's not going to accept a reasonable contract on um, a long-term deal. On a long-term deal. But in a reasonable contract, I mean, no, you're not going to be able to keep him under Nick Suzuki's, you know, so-called ceiling uh it but it wouldn't be much higher than that but if he's looking for nine mil a season i yeah. do not see a walk yeah, waiting on that. that yeah i don't i, I, don't I can see a situation like the kirby doc situation last year if they can't move up and get a center in the draft like they want i can see them maybe trying to push something for dubois to get that center and then drafting say a mitchkoff or a leonard uh at five you could, you could. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious to me that when they're trying to move up in the draft, they're looking at getting a center. They want another center. Mm. They they all they talk to the Ducks uh, about the number two because, of course, Fantilli is is the guy there. Um, you know, you talk to the Sharks because, hey, maybe Leo Carlson or Will Smith is there, and we ain't talking the Fresh Prince. You still got to You're you're obligated to throw that out. You have to say when you mention Will Smith, you have to say not the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Uh, but Will Smith, not the French Prince, was coached, of course, back in his younger days by none other than Canadians general Hughes. manager Ken Hughes back when he was still a player agent. So he knows Will Hughes, or Will Smith, Will, Will Hughes. Yeah, well, he was like <laughs> part of the family. I mean, it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I think if he could get Smith or Carlson or Fantilli, I mean, and, and it would be a hell of a coup if he could jump up to second overall and, and, and get that. But I don't think that's possible without, you know, substantial offer. Yeah. Very substantial offer. And, and honestly, I don't think that offers there. I really don't. The same as, I mean, Yarmo Kekalainen, the, the general manager of the Blue Jackets said, yeah, he's got teams calling him. Wonder if the Canadians are among that group. Probably because if he's if if Hughes is talking to Greer in uh, in San Jose and to Verbeek in Anaheim, he's got to be talking to Kekalainen in Columbus because he's trying to move up. So he just wants to hear Kekalainen talk because yeah. he kind of sounds like a Bond villain. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Do you expect me to trade you? Yeah. <laughs> you? Expect me to trade you Nick Suzuki, Mister Kekalainen? No, Mister Hughes. I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very very bad 
impression of Sean Connery Bond. Right yeah, there. it was still pretty, my, it was still pretty my, my apologies, my apologies <laughs> to the estate of Sean Connery for that. Um, <laughs> so moving on from that, I got a quick yeah. question and we, and mm. Treg brought up Kirby doc. Yeah. Um, I'll bring up the Sean Monahan trade last year, bringing in a first round pick mm. for more or less a salary dump. Mm-hmm. Could you with with them, you know, possibly not bring him back Monahan? We don't know. Uh, Byron's off the books, et cetera. Yes, you're paying guys a little bit more money, but they still have some money to spend, mm-hmm. and they've got some youth on some kind of cheap contracts that they can fill these positions. Could you see them making another? Um, you know, Sean Monahan esque type trade to bring in assets um, and use that money maybe for like a like a one like a, a guy on an expiring deal. Yeah. Say. Yes. I could if if they're not going to shoot the moon for for somebody like Dubois, okay. right? Then yeah, maybe you look at bringing in somebody you know in a Monahan sort of right. situation. Probably at center because that's the position that needs most of the attention, most of the care and feeding is required right. there. So, yeah, and and they've already said that they would like to bring Monaghan back for another season. It would just be another one-year deal. If he's healthy, give him an opportunity to boost his value so that he can go to free agency again next summer, you know. Uh, but that's up to him. You know, they've let him, they've let them know what their feelings are. Now it's 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 up to up to him. But again, you know, the the whole thing and I don't want to go too far again with with the whole Dubois thing either, but um you know, I'm I'm of two minds of it because on the one hand, w- would I love to see you know Pierre Luc Dubois centering the second line with maybe you know you have uh, you know a beast like Slavkowski on his left side, right? With maybe Anderson on the right, That'd be a you big know line. that would be one big mean nasty line. Okay, uh, would I love to see? It? Of course I would. But I'm just worried about I'm worried about the baggage that comes with PLD and it's there. He's forced he's forced two trades now. Okay, it's there. It's hanging there. Now, will he be happy in Montreal and productive in Montreal? Sure, that could happen. Or things go sideways. He's not happy. And here we go again. So you've got to kind of balance that out. And is he going to be worth the money? What kind of money does he want? Again, if he wants nine mil, forget it. If he's willing to take, say, 8.2, okay, 8, 8.2 on a reasonable contract, reasonable length, four or five years, I'd be, I'd be content with that. But there's, there's just so much up there. And you, brought, and, and you mentioned Kirby Doc, Trig. I mean, the whole reason why they brought in Kirby Doc mm-hmm. was to fill that role. Right. And sure, they had him on the wing. And that's, again, the whole thing that I envisioned with, yeah, Dubois on the second line. You have Doc back up there, reunited with Suzuki and Caulfield, because that line was terrific. It was very good. It was very good. Yes, they were terrific, terrific chemistry. But Doc was brought in to be that second line center. And he did fulfill that role when he came back from his injury. And he started to look very comfortable in that role and then got hurt again. And I don't know if replacing uh, the physiotherapist is is fully the way to go, but I guess it's a start as long as they can be healthy. Maybe the doctor that's been there since the seventies should be replaced. I don't know. I'm just. Saying. I don't. Know. Well, he's very well respected. He saved a guy's life on the ice twenty years ago, if you recall. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So again, 
I'd like to see a guy like Dubois there, but I mean, if you're already looking at Kirby Doc to fill that role, and if you're comfortable with him being in that role, and you believe that he's going to fill that role, then don't waste your assets and don't waste your money. You know, yeah. stay the I, course, avoid the shiny. I, 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 I put a very short list together of a couple guys, and I'm like, I kind of think to myself, maybe these guys could be players they could bring in to fetch in assets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just throw them out really quick. You yep. guys can you guys can comment on them as you want. Um, one um, is Anthony Mantha, five point seven mil expiring contract. No, not unless the Caps pick up half. No, right, not interested. Or the Tyson Caps Bar- take Armia in return. Right, Tyson Berry, ah. four and a half mm. mil right-handed shot defenseman. Another expiring contract, Nashville. Yeah, but he's 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 still kind of one dimensional, and he's and he's got to be in the right fit. Right. You know, like he he was a good fit there for a while, kind of up and down in Edmonton. Seems to be happy, okay, right now in Nashville with where they are. But you remember Toronto was just a disaster for him. Now, of course, that was because he was playing for Mike Babcock. Right. Good luck in Columbus, guys. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, Josh Bailey. I, I think I hate saying it because I like Josh Bailey, but I I I think he's he's past it now. I really do. And the last one, just because there's there is a rumor that they're looking to move him, uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Interesting. I think that could be a decent reclamation project. Young, so he would fit in with with you know what the Habs are trying to build there. Um, maybe that's just a situation in, in Edmonton where it started off well, and then it just, it didn't work out or, or what have you. But I think he, he, I think he'd be a, a decent reclamation. He's, he's what is he's a, he's a restricted free agent or does he still have another year? He's left? Still one year, one year at 3.1. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that, that salary is not unreasonable for a guy who would be, you know, a, a middle six winger. So it's not unreasonable. I think if, if you're looking, if that's a role you want to fill, yeah, that would be. And I know, of course, option. I'm ta- of course I'm talking about bringing back assets, not mm-hmm. really not giving up. Like pretty much, you're getting yeah. rid of future, you know, a seventh round pick or future considerations or something. <laughs> yeah. Bringing this in with a boatload of. Uh, well, Yamamoto, of those right? none of those guys are really going to bring in a boatload. I mean, Yamamoto. Well, no, 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 no. Like, like for instance, like Monahan came oh, in, yeah, first round pick. Right. Yeah. But obviously, they were depending to... on the salary. Exactly. Yeah. The flame. Yeah. So I didn't mean to. Yeah. J- j- no, no. That's, a, that's all I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Because of course, the flames, they were desperate to move that contract to bring so in they were willing to do it. Um, the Yamamoto, I mean, I don't know if, if, if that get the same level of desperation because that contract, that, that salary isn't quite as high. But I right. mean, maybe, maybe if you squeeze them for a second, if they've got it to right. spare. Right. Yeah. Food for thought. Yeah. Or they could just take Armia. And if you see what I'm going with, uh, <laughs> just get rid of Armia. And I got I, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Um Evan Bouchard. There's been rumors. There's been rumors that uh teams have been calling about him and um someone said something about the Montreal Canadians possibly uh maybe doing a hostile offer sheet. Um, that I, I don't see happening. I'm not, I'm not saying that it can't, but I think the odds are pretty low 
uh, a lot of teams have very little cap space. A lot of teams uh, have 15 million or less. Now on the face of it, I say that and people say, whoa, that's plenty of cap space. It's like, yeah. And a lot of those teams though, have a lot of players to sign. Right. And that cap space evaporates very quickly. Uh, teams that could make that move are clubs that are rebuilding Anaheim, Chicago, Arizona. Okay. Does Evan Bouchard want to go from a team that even though they didn't get past the second round this season, they're still, I still think they're going to be a, a serious cup contender for next season. Does he really want to go from that to a rebuilding club because they're willing to throw a boatload of money at him? I don't think so. Right. I, I don't think he, he, I don't think he does. Um, Ken Holland doesn't seem to be too concerned about it. He's already said, if it happens, we'll match. Of course, if they do, then they're going to have to shed salary. It would complicate things. But I I don't see the Canadians or anybody else really making an offer sheet for, yeah, Matt, you talk about a hostile offer sheet. Is there any other kind? (laughs) There's a gentle (laughs) offer sheet. Here's a friendly one. (laughs) Well, like, again, like if, if, with the amount of players that they still need to sign, depending on who they want to bring back, one yeah. being Bouchard, and he's obviously going to get a raise. Oh, you yeah. Clem Costin, you got Ryan McLeod, mm-hmm. um, Nick Buke Nick said, like some of these guys aren't going to be the most expensive contracts, yeah. but moving out a contract like a Yamamoto to a team and giving yeah. up an asset, even again, like a second round pick, might be an option mm-hmm. um, for them to generate a little bit more cap space. Oh yeah. Worst comes to worst. I also heard them mention. I've also heard the possibility if they can't move Yamamoto before the end of the month, they'd buy him out. That's just one year. So one year that turns into two, but it's a much more affordable cap situation. Right. Now from there, uh, we go from there to the draft because the draft is coming up here in a couple of, well, about nine days. Mm-hmm. And the talk around the draft has been, where the hell's Bischoff going to land? There's there's talk of him sliding now significantly because of several reasons. One being nobody has talked to him yet because he didn't come in for the uh, the combine. Nobody's talked to him to have an interview with him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now there's this talk about his attitude, where uh, Washington's Russian scout Nikolishin. Basically, mm-hmm. just crapped all over the kids, saying he's the worst attitude he's ever seen in his life. Mm-hmm. It, is there any talk about that? Well, yeah, uh, quite a bit. Oh, Matt dropped out. Um, Matt left. He must be really hungry. <laughs> he must be. Yeah, you know, you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> he should have had a Snickers. Uh, <laughs> he comes back and he's Joe Pesci. Ah, anyway, um, the commercial. Uh, yeah, no, it. <laughs> Mitchkoff is a is a very very interesting uh, interesting prospect. He's definitely generated a lot of of talk about him, which is in a way kind of refreshing. It's not all Bedard all the time, uh, so you know I'll thank him for that. Uh, the whole attitude thing. I mean, I I'm in no position to comment on it. I mean, we hear these sort of things kicking around from time to time as well. Um, if it's the Capitals, uh, you know, Russian coach who's crapping all over him, well, you know, maybe he's got the inside track that way, which is interesting because uh, the latest intrigue is kind of saying that he's that Mishkov is trying to manipulate things so that he'll slide down to eighth where the Capitals are drafting and he gets picked by them and then he gets to play alongside uh, 
Alexander Ovechkin, if he's still with the team in, in three years time, um, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of interesting though, because as you said, he, he was a no show at the combine wouldn't let anybody, any NHL team, any scouts talk to him during the KHL season. Uh, but he is going to be at the draft. His agent says he will be at the draft in Nashville for the first round. So maybe we'll get a better beat on the guy then. Um, but I I know there's a, there's a lot of a lot of guys that are really high on on the, on this kid, and I can understand why. But there's just so much there's so much uncertainty surrounding him, and of course you do have to bring geopolitics into this as well, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and that could also have an effect on where Russian kids go. And that didn't really seem to affect things last year at the draft, not that much from what I could see of Russian players being drafted. Um, but you have to throw all that in and all the uh, the different things. Of course, he uh, his, his his father. Uh, I guess passed away several months ago. So there was intrigue about that as well. Mystery about that. Um, you'd have to be really, really comfortable with this kid's skill set. but you know, how much of it has you had, have they seen, you know, I mean, we haven't even had a chance to see this kid play in international games because of course Russia has been boycotted from that or banned, I should say from uh, international competition. So yeah, it, it it comes with a bit of a buyer beware label, I think. You know, yes, yes, absolutely. He has the the potential to be an explosive NHL scoring star. Um, and if you're willing to be patient because he's under contract for three more years in the KHL, you could have a career, another Kirill Kaprizov or another Ev, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Think a decade ago, same sort of situation where he comes in, he's had several years of, of uh, pro hockey now under his belt, and he makes a pretty much a, a, an effortless transition to the NHL and NHL stardom. So there is that possibility. But on the other hand, he's not Kuznetsov. He's not Kaprizov. We really don't have a good solid beat on this kid. So if, if you're Montreal, for example, if you're gonna if you're going to select him, I mean, your intel had better be flawless because this could blow up in your face so bad. And if you're a rebuilding team, really bad. If you're Montreal, pinning your hopes on him. Montreal does kind of have an inside because Bobrov's father is yeah. a scout <clears throat> with that. I'm not saying he's calling him back and saying this, this, yeah. and that. Uh, I also, there's also rumblings about washington saying this because they want him to drop to eight so that yeah. they can draft him because it's only washington's scout russian mm -hmm. that's coming out and saying about his attitude now yeah. we all know there's a history of russians and attitude mm -hmm. it's just galchenyuk with him and his father uh you know there's there uh, you could even say uh alex kovalev had a bit of a an attitude to him or whatever but 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 to be let's let's be to be fair every uh, nation has it yeah be fair yes, every yes. nation has players with attitude oh i, I, I agree i, I, I agree. see yeah. i see your galchenyuk i raise you a william nylander yeah no and and I, i'm not saying that. i'm just saying all right should i say there's a profile that people have made a reputation that people have made about russians <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for being lazy or mm -hmm. only playing when they want to play or, but you're absolutely right. You could take any nation. 
you could take three guys from Sweden and go, well, this guy did that, and this guy did that, and this guy did that. You just didn't notice it because he didn't have the talent that these guys have. Um, but for me, I think personally, and I've wrote about this, I think Mishkov's the best pick for the Canadians. I, I don't – he's willing to give interviews this week or this coming week when he gets to – and I think that will be what makes or breaks the Canadians from picking him or not. Like, cause they want character. They, they already say that yep. we're, we're, yep. it's funny how everyone's happy with Hugh saying he likes character, but when Bergevin said it, it was, Oh, you're an <laughs> idiot. But, uh, yeah. um, and for those people out there that are saying, uh, Mitch Kov or bust you you hit the nail on the head. We don't really know how good Mitch Kov really is. Yeah. We don't, we don't, unless you not to mention and, and not to mention those people that are saying that, they're not being paid to do these jobs. And if they miss on that pick, they're not getting fired. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's like, we there, there's guys and, and I've had a few discussions with them. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with anyone they pick because I think anyone they pick in this draft is going to be a star player in the next two to three years. I, I, I'm telling you, if they pick Reinbacher at five, he's going to be a oh. top two defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I, I hate he may not be the scoring defenseman that everyone would expect in a top five, but he's going to be a top two uh, defenseman. He'd be top pairing. In, yeah, he'd be a top pairing defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the second best defenseman, just top pairing. No, he will be the second yeah. best defenseman. In the, you heard it here first. No, <laughs> after um, Jordan Harris. <laughs> no, Jordan Harris will be gone after Arbor um, Jack. Arbor Jack I will be the best defenseman <laughs> in the NHL. I there you go. That. There you go. Um, but and, and that, that's the thing. But there is a mm. lot of people on Twitter. I mean, you've seen it, Lyle. That are Mitchkov. If you don't pick Mitchkov, we're going to be the worst. We're going to be a mediocre team for the next twenty years. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, yeah. But these people are just going off. They've seen the lacrosse style goal highlight. Yeah. They've seen a couple other highlights from the uh, from the K. Now I've watched four games that Mitchkov's played. Mm-hmm. Uh, KHL games. The uh, zone carries some KHL games. I've watched four games. I thought he looked good. He scored mm-hmm. a goal in one. I think he had two assists in another. I don't think he had any points. In, but he he lo- he was the best player of the team. I can say mm-hmm. that. Of course, the team was mm-hmm. the worst team in the league. Um, but you also got to look. The KHL is not the NHL. That's right. It comes to talent. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if when Austin Matthews played in Switzerland. Yeah. You know, of course, he's going to be the best player. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And... So what I'm telling the people, if they pass on Mitchkov, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason. they and, and you could mm-hmm. say it's the three years in Russia. You could say it's the attitude. You could say whatever it is, but there's a reason. And I think the biggest reason is going to be is they no one knows what they're getting. Yeah. No one knows. Everybody knows what you're getting in Adam Fantilli. Everybody knows what you're getting in Leo yeah. Carlson. Everybody knows what you're getting in David Reinbacher. Why? Because we saw these kids in international play. We've also seen there's there's plenty of game footage and on and on that we've seen of these kids when they're when they're in the uh, you know in NCAA whether they're Canadian junior whether they're playing over in Sweden or wherever. But yeah, Mitchkov is this man of mystery, and it's just yeah, could he could be great. He could be crap. He could be somewhere in the middle. And if you've got an opportunity, I think, to draft somebody that you seem well and you think, yeah, this kid's going to make it, then you take the kid that you think for sure is going to make it over the one that over the the one with the aura of mystery, you know, 
And and by the way, the Canadians are not trying to trade up because they're scared of what their fans would do if they pass on Michkov. So that's why they're trying to trade up to get Fantilli because that way then they don't have to deal with Michkov. They're not trading up because they can get Leo Carlson. That way they they have cover if they you know they don't take Michkov. My God, people, stop with the conspiracy theories, please. They're just trying to trade up to see if they can just better their chances to get a really good player. The draft is already done. Batman picked every player that each team. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, yes. So it doesn't really matter. Yes. And Kevin will inadvertently reveal who it is. <laughs> at Two the minutes break. before the draft. Yes. Yeah. Not until Kevin right Weeks says something. Break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, so basically, God, Mitchkov is uh, the Schrodinger's draft pick for the Canadians. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, that's basically, a very that's... way of putting it. And for for me, if they if they choose not to pick him, it's because they don't have control over his development for the next three years. That's mm-hmm. a big, big issue for yeah. anybody. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yep. I mean, as I said, though, I mean, previous players have, have you know, been drafted, spent three, four years in the KHL, like you said, come over like Kuznetsov and Kaprizov and been great stars. Michkov's problem is that his last name doesn't begin with K. Okay, that's Kaprizov because that – Forget about it. Anyway, he's also, um, a, a, he's also fifth overall, and it, that's very different from Kaprizov, who was a fifth rounder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just look, get just put your trust in Ken Hughes and his staff that he's going to do the right thing here. I mean, you know, everybody lost their minds when they when they took Slavkovsky, and now everybody loves Slavkovsky. And don't you dare trade him. So yeah, depends who you ask, really. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> should have been in the AHL. <laughs> Here, there, and everywhere. I just, I just want to see what the kid's going to look like now that he's had at least some NHL experience and he knows what's in store for him. And yeah. he will, you know, he will have another year to grow into his body and be bigger and stronger. And I hope he, I honestly, I want to see him develop a little bit of a mean edge too. I don't want to see him be a goon. Play with a bit of an edge to your game, kid. You got the size. Use it. Well, he did the, he did the year like the year he was drafted. <clears throat> he was like he got a little bit too feisty sometimes. Yeah, and because he was you know kind of a you know a, the biggest guy on his team and he got suspended for you know hits to the head and that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, that's yeah. He, like, he so, has it. He has it in him. He, 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 at he the reminds NHL me level. of a yeah. He reminded me this season of of like just a big puppy. Just kind of, yeah. you know, glumping around, yeah. you know. He, he had his games. He had his games yeah. that he would finish his checks and everything once he got suspended for as well. Yeah. But um, at the same time, he really took a lot of hard hits this year, too. Yeah. So my, he's, the my Peter, fear... he's the Peter Popovich of the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my fear, my fear is that uh, he, he kind of would have a bit of the Eric Lindros syndrome and that he was so used to being the biggest kid on the ice right. that, you know, other kids bounced off him. So he didn't really know how to prepare himself for hard hits yeah. from yeah. men who knew how to hit. Right. So hopefully, so hopefully yeah, he's that, worked on it. <laughs> yeah. That was the only part of his game that I saw this past season that that worried me. The rest yeah. of it, it was like, I can see why Montreal took him and I can see the potential that's there. Yeah. Just he, develop. He improved every game. He, he developed Absolutely. every game. And I truly believe the Canadians weren't worried about his scoring. They were worried, trying to develop him in the other areas of the ice that he needed to yes. work on. They already Absolutely. know he has the talent. And you could yeah. tell each game, his confidence was growing. His passes were crisper. His shots were better. 
yeah. you know, he found the open ice better. He he worked the corners better. Uh, and then, but I, I same thing. He just put his head down and said, "Oh, I got the puck now. I'm just gonna go skating." And you know, you're Whammo. gonna get a guy like Tom yeah. Wilson or whoever is just gonna Ooh. plow. Yeah, just gonna plow. But and, hopefully, uh, hopefully, he will have improved on that area of his game. Yeah. If he has, they're gonna be in good shape. Good shape, well, and if he, they can be healthy next season, maybe they might actually uh, make things interesting. Maybe and, and I still maintain. I still maintain, guys, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Habs fan. I'm looking at it. I actually am looking at looking at it objectively. There were ten games last year that I saw that if they had been healthy, they would have won. Now they wouldn't have made the playoffs, but they would have had 82 points. Which would I've have always, put them yeah. right in there if they had I've been always, healthy. I've, I've always said if they were healthy, they would have been drafting 12 to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed yep. they'd be drafting 12 to 15. I said right from the first, first of the season, they were not going to be – they were not a bottom five team. They were a bottom look how 10 good, well, Yeah, well, look how good and, they uh, were, especially through November. Like, I was really – I mean, October is all new. Yeah, you know, rebuilding teams, to, some of them can look great at the – you know, in the first month, and then all the wheels start to fall off. But I was impressed with how they were looking through November until the injuries caught up, started to to bite in December, you know. But, yeah, I that kind of gave me a, at least some idea of what we might be looking at if – again, if, if this team can just, just be healthier. You know, injuries are going to happen. They're unavoidable, but they can't, they cannot go three years in a row leading the leading man games lost to injury. If that happens, then people have got to lose their jobs because I mean, I know it's already started, but yeah, I'm hoping that that's just, just part of an old whole improvement overhaul, whatever you want to call it of their medical department. And the big thing, well, cause I mean, the big thing is, is why was Cole Caulfield playing through an obvious injury in a season where there was no reason for him to play through it? You know, they weren't trying to contend for a playoff spot. I could have understood it if they were battling, they want to hang on to a playoff spot and they needed him. There was no reason for him to keep playing through that shoulder injury. Contract no milestones. He wanted yeah, to get well, milestones for a contract. Yeah, well, whatever. Doesn't matter. You're not helping the team if you're if if that's why you're playing is so you can hit your contract milestone. Your priorities are at a whack on this team. I, I'm I'm just throwing out a theory because I'm I know that theory. that maybe yeah. I, I, I mean, he could have maybe came back later on in the year he, if he 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 said that the reason why he kept playing, you know, that's why that he kept playing until it just reached a point where it's like okay, I got to stop, and that's when he said, I you know, if we were still in the playoffs, if we were running for the playoffs, I'd keep playing. And that's just not good. And that's that whole, and it's not just Caulfield, that mentality permeates the entire NHL and it permeates junior hockey and other levels of hockey too. You know, you keep playing, even though you're playing with an injury that is obviously affecting your performance. And then we find out at the end of the season, Oh, that's why he sucked in the second half. You know? So yeah, they, they really need to start changing that out. You're not helping your team if you continue to play hurt. If if you get injured and it's a serious enough injury, get the treatment, then you can come back in the second half of the season when they would possibly really, really need yeah. you. Anyway, that's my rant. That Done with that part. <laughs> that's why I never made the NHL. I got hurt. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to come back till I'm ready. <laughs> 40 uh, years I later. I didn't make it because I suck. <laughs> yeah, same here. I yeah. <laughs> My dream of the NHL died when I was 13. I just knew it. It was like, yeah, I'm not getting off these pawns. 
If any of us had a had a shot, do you think any of us would have joined the military? Really? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? Like worst comes to worst, if uh, if Montreal goes through another uh, injury ridden season and these uh, new you know physiotherapists <clears throat> don't do the trick, <laughs> we're gonna hear some really good. Uh, you know, like this year was like fall hard for Bedard, etc. I've already come up with play like a weenie for Celebrini. <laughs> or right, right. Can't get, can't get, oh, can't, right. Or can't get no wins if you want Iserman, right? So, oh. right? so right. Oh man, that yeah. hey, I applaud the creativity. Yeah, so I do. I we'll see. We'll see. We'll see that first injury, and I'll be like, it's. <laughs> start I'm, playing, tweeting. Start, I'm tweeting. Start that play like weenies, like a weenie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet that play like a weenie for Celebrini like tonight. I'm gonna be like, yeah, next year Montreal, play like a weenie for Celebrini. There you go. Yeah, you're still rebuilding. Get the playoffs. Yeah. playoffs. As long as you put my name as a quote yeah. from Copyright. some guy I met, some yeah. random, yeah. some homeless dude wearing Blue Jays gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some guy wearing hand-me-down Blue Jays gear from Value Village. Yeah. <laughs> I personally love how prepared you are, Matt. I think that's that's part of why you're a leader. I do my best. I do my best to be sorry. Yeah, you soon. you had canned questions. <laughs> I had nothing. I was just like, eh, what are we talking about? Hey, I got a question. <laughs> I yeah. I will well, say this though. I mean, just to kind of go back onto the trade thing there for a second, though. I think we're going to see a very very busy couple of weeks here, um, because because the free agent market is you know, pretty lame. Uh, I think we're going to see, see some significant players on the move. I mean, guys like Eric Carlson, perhaps, but I'm thinking guys whose contracts aren't that hefty, you know, yeah. guys, what about like, a guy uh, like uh, Brock Besser. Besser. Um, Not necessarily to actually, Montreal, right. But yeah, no, no. Yeah. No a lot of rumors I, I, about him. Sure. But th- those rumors have kind of cooled off in the last couple of months, Matt. And with the, with the, the with talk coming in, right. Yeah, well, that and and uh, you know the end of at the end of the season. I mean, Besser was both publicly and privately saying, you know, look, I want to stay. And everything that I've read and heard is that you know, unless the Canucks get an offer that's too good to refuse, they're quite happy to keep him. The the right. guy that I hear you know, out of Vancouver that they want to move is uh, is Connor Garland. Now, whether they do that now that they bought out Ekman Larson, we'll right. see. Maybe that's right. changed the equation. But all the trade talk that was coming out of Vancouver for the past month leading up to the Ekman Larson buyout was right. Connor Garland getting traded. Right. 4.9 mil, you know, uh, for I think three more seasons. Uh, right. You know, he's an energy guy. He's late 20s. So, you know, he's he's not past his prime. He he works hard. He's 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 feisty. He's he's almost like a, he's almost like a, a Gallagher player right you know right so you know yeah i think there would be a market for him if they're actually seriously looking at moving him but again now that you know ekman larson's off the books maybe they're not pushing so hard to do that but besser yeah unless somebody comes to them and blows their socks off with a great offer they're quite content to keep bringing back next season yeah and they'll have to resign elias (laughs) patterson after next season yeah yeah who's gonna who's gonna be getting expensive oh boy yeah yeah and the thing is, too, this is this is season coming up is going to be a, an important one for the Canucks because yeah, you got to resign Pedersen. You got to show him that you're not spinning your wheels. 
we see another season where they they come out of you know the first half and they just look like crap again and then it's like oh then now they're fighting like hell to try and either make a, a playoff berth or at least make the season look respectable again. I mean, you know, it's certainly not going to sit well with their fans. I mean, we, we talk about fans of Toronto and Montreal being impatient. Oh boy, howdy in Vancouver, they're ready to lynch somebody if this team doesn't improve. So, you know, I, I think that that's going to be very important for them that this, the Canucks show some real significant improvement in this coming season or Pedersen might start to reconsider things. Right now, he's saying all the right things. Yes, I believe in this team. Yes, I want to stay. Yeah, well, things change season to season. So we'll wait and see on him. I truly believe the trade market's going to be a lot of goaltending. I think you're going to see a lot of goaltenders move this this offseason. Mm. I think uh, at teams like Toronto and uh, mm. Edmonton who, you know, feel that, that, you know, I think Edmonton, I truly believe Edmonton's a goalie away from but then again, Aiden Hill proved you don't need that big time goalie to. Well, there's there's already goalies that are on the trade market. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Carter Sour. Hart's been talked about. Carter, Connor Hellebuck. Right. Connor Hellebuck's the big one. All right, Connor Hellebuck's the big one. Yeah, and Saros. Well, you got Saros or Askarov, right? I'd say more Askarov than anything. Yeah, well, they don't want him, they don't want him just to sit there. Yeah, but uh, it's kind of hard to get a beat on that one, though, with uh, Barry Trotz coming in as the right, new John general Gibson manager. will be another. Gibson, yeah, yeah. Right. Gibson wants to, Gibson wants a trade. He he talked with uh, Verbeek last month uh, about a trade. Apparently, he was available last summer, but the asking price was too high. This right. this year, though, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, I mean, you talk about Edmonton looking for team or goalies. You did you mention Toronto? Toronto. Uh, well, they're looking. They're looking to get rid of Murray, yes, whether they're going to want to bring around. another goalie in or not. But I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see honestly, them going anywhere with Samsonov and Wall. I just don't see them. Honestly, I, I now I beg to differ there because I was actually impressed with both those kids with yeah. their performances. Samsonov was very. But a, Samsonov played well, especially in the playoffs. So I can see them being content to give that combination a shot. Okay, uh, but you want to talk about teams that are looking for goalies. New Jersey Devils. Yeah. They could be looking for one. Seriously, Carolina Hurricanes. Now they talked about they're talking about, you know, keeping the band together and going for another shot at it next year. But, you know, do they take a chance on Freddie Anderson again and Anti Ranta again? Or hey, here's an opportunity for Connor Hellebuck, even if it's just for one year, right? Jump on him. Don't forget the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Okay. Call gonna be. Pardon me? Colorado? No, I think they're all right with your gift. I I, I think know. they're I all right. With, they... I I think they're all right with him. Um, but uh, definitely Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. I think Tristan Jerry's out the door, and they're not going to go with Dismiss the Smith and whoever else they they got. And John Gibson might be a fit there. Pittsburgh boy. Uh, he's got four years left on his contract, so he can slide right in there and be part of that veteran core because. <laughs> Kyle Dubas's job, his number one job is going to be you're building around those three aging stars so that we can have one more shot, try and have one more shot at a Stanley Cup run. So, you know, maybe, maybe John Gibson goes there or maybe they pull a swerve. Maybe they can go after Hellebuck. Hellebuck's, let's be honest, Hellebuck is the big name there because we know he's not signing an extension. Now the Jets don't necessarily have to trade him. They could keep him for the end of TL for another season. And then, you know, but I really don't see them doing that. 
you know, that's just stupid. Okay. If the guy is telling you, I'm not interested in extension. Well, you already know you're not a, you're not a Stanley cup contender. You're a marginal playoff team as it is right now. Right. Trade this guy. If you don't want to do a full rebuild, trade him and bring in players that will help you retool. So you can bounce back within a year or two. Right. If Hellebuck's out there and teams are interested, you know, that's, that's the big name that uh, could go between now and the first round. I, I, this, you know, if, if we don't see a lot of significant player movement when we go into day one of the, of the draft, boy, this, this could get hot and hectic. I mean, this could get really, really frantic. There's going to be, you know, a lot of, I think back to the, to the draft in Ottawa in 2008, where it took them what five hours to complete the first round because it just seemed like every second time they every time they went up every second time they went up to to do announcements there's Gary Bettman coming up saying we've got a trade to announce so you know it was a lot of fun but damn that was a long draft uh, that first round anyway but yeah so you got Hellebuck you got Gibson um, I, I'm still not sold on Saros I'm not writing it off Treg I'm not writing that one off. But with with Barry Trotz right now, it's kind of hard to get a handle on what he's thinking, where he wants to go. Is he rebuilding? Is he just going to look at retooling? Because if you're retooling, you keep Saros, right? Retooling means we want to turn this around quick, mm. okay? But if he's thinking, now nah, we need to tear this down and start again, and we've got a young goalie here that we want to get in and play, well, then okay. Well, right now that's too 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 hard too hard to tell. Anything else, guys? No, I'm good. I think I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm good. good. All right. Well, uh, may as well just skip over to final thoughts. Then um, we'll keep Lyle for last because he is the best of the four. So, uh, Treg, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I agree with Lyle. It's going to be lots of movement. I think between now and it's a good the, idea to do that now in the draft. Or the draft is going to be crazy. I, I personally think a lot's going to go down at the draft with a lot of teams. Um, I think Ken Hughes got a few moves in him. I think he likes to use these big days to uh, to make his make his mark. Uh, so far, so good with Hughes. Uh, uh, and no matter who he picks at number five, they're going to be a star going forward. Um, yeah. So don't. You know, if he picks Benson, Leonard, Reinbacher, doesn't matter. We're, we're getting a top-level hockey player in the NHL that's going to improve this team. That's my final thought. Matt? Building on Treg's comment, um, seventh round, Hampton, Slucknowski, book it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they take Harabble at 37. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's surpassing for sure. That's all I got. Okay. Um, well, and for me, I guess uh, my final thought, uh, orcas are a natural predator to moose. That, Did you know that? They have eaten moose. They have eaten moose yes. off the coast of uh, Vancouver. They have. Well, moose are pretty vulnerable in the water, so it's not like... Put the orca on land, and I think the moose has the advantage. <laughs> Maybe. The moose are yeah. pretty mean. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd never heard of a moose eating an orca. That's all I'm saying. No. But the Canada goose beats them all. That, 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 oh, well, the cobra chicken rules. Oh, yeah. Come on. Cobra chicken rules. Mm -hmm. We're going nuclear at this point with those guys. Oh, I had an, ar I had an argument with one going into my work at Ottawa. 
You lost. I disagree. I disagreed. I just went, you know what? Fine. I still have a pass and you don't. <laughs> well, there you go. So that that was it for my final thoughts. So Lyle, any final thoughts? Boy, uh, I don't know how I'm going to uh, top that last one, Blaine. Uh, though, though, just a quick counterpoint. The reason why you never see a moose eat an orca is because a moose is a herbivore. Ooh. Or are they? Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've yeah. seen them try to eat cars. <laughs> They're just trying to get some iron in their diet, dude. Come on. That's <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Um, in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, I, you know, to what uh, Treg was saying, I, I, I don't think Montreal's going to, I don't think anybody's going to be too upset with, with whoever Montreal picks at number five. If, if that's where they end up staying, um, it's possible they might move up one or two spaces. If, if they can move up into the second overall one without selling the firm to do so, that'll be a hell of a coup, but I don't see that happening. Um, Basically, you know, just I think everybody who's who's trying to second and third and fourth guess what what Hughes is going to do, just calm down, people. Calm down. You know, like Drake said, you know, you're going to get a hell of a player here, a very promising young young player who could turn around and be a star for Montreal in the next two or three or four years. You know, be patient with these kids here. Um and you know, kind of, I I would think by now that maybe at this point Hugh should have earned our trust. And I'm saying this now. I'm taking off my unbiased hat and putting my Hebs Hebs fan hat on here. I I think by now has he not earned your trust at this stage in a year and a half? Tell me one move he's made where he has put a false foot forward. Okay, where he's taken the wrong step. It hasn't. You can't. You can't come. Up. He took Shlevkowski over Shane Wright. Says no one ever. Okay, in terms of that as a criticism. Okay, nobody's really seriously saying that as a criticism. All right. Um, you know, he's made he he has yet to make a bad trade. Every every deal, every move that he's made has brought back extra, okay, to to help build this team moving forward. So just whatever he picks, whoever he picks, you know, be happy with it simmer down it's okay we've got a you know we've got a very promising young team here if they can stay healthy yes but the, the future is bright with these guys you know and we're still in the middle of a rebuild let's let's be honest here about that would we like to see them contend for the playoffs next year of course we all would you know we would love to see that even if it's first round and out hey it's progress i will take progress being 20 points over where they were this season to me, that will be real progress. Win 10 more games of a healthier roster, you know, kind of be in the hunt, even if you don't make it. And just, you know, let's just let things unfold here and wait and see. Let's let the dust settle and maybe come back on this. Let's come back on this, you know, if you want to have me on the show again, say in a month's time or whatever, when all the dust is settled. And then we can kind of get a better bead on where they're going here. Because for all we know, Hughes could, as as Treg suggested, he could have a couple of tricks up his sleeve that none of us are expecting, where we could turn around in a month's time and go, man, we never saw that. Holy crap. How did he? Whoa. So, you know, just everybody just calm down. Enjoy. This is a time of year that's fun. Sure, it's fun to kind of guess and speculate, but this whole, little pick Mitchkov, that's it. It sucks. Come on. He's not the only guy in the draft, okay? 
there's going to be a good so to to paraphrase carrie price chill out yeah exactly paraphrase that's a directly quote carrie price chill yeah. out it's yeah preseason chill out box okay <laughs> this is this is off season guys off season yeah. this 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 selection is not going to make or break the Montreal Canadiens. It's just not. For a team that has Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and Caden Gooley, right? And, and Kirby Doc and Yaroslav Slavkovsky, you know? And, 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 hey, and hey, the man with the, the man with the fists like cured hams. But yeah. <laughs> but oh, hey, I love that kid though. I still love his story. It's great. You know, hard work and perseverance paying off. I, I really hope that he sticks with them. That he can that he sticks with them and turns into not just some guy that they throw for seven minutes a game, but a guy who you know pulls regular shifts and you know is a solid defensive guy. That yeah, occasionally if you need to, you can throw him up there on the second power play and he can help you out there too. And if somebody tries to take uh, liberties with uh, guys like Caulfield and Suzuki, he sorts them out. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong. And they'll, with guys and, like and, they'll and they'll pick his brother at the draft. <laughs> there you go. Maybe hey, stranger things have happened. In the seventh now, round. In the seventh yeah. round. <laughs> now, before we let you go, uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find all your work? All of my work. Well, first off, uh, on my website, spectershockey.net, not .com, .net. Got to get the hockey reference in there. It's a hockey site. Uh, that's where, of course, I do my uh, daily roundups of uh, the top headlines and uh, the notable trade rumors with my uh, insight in there as well. Uh, you can also find my, uh, my rumor roundup on the hockey news, the online version five days a week. You can also find me over on Bleacher Report doing all kinds of things. My mock draft will be up on Thursday there. So check it out and see who I think the Canadians are picking at number five and number 30. Here's a hint. Number 30 could surprise you. 30. Ruminate on that for a, let that marinate a while uh there you go and uh if you're here on prince edward island if you're listening in on prince edward island of course you can uh, find my column in the guardian every two weeks in our local paper here the guardian covers the island like the dew is the masthead and uh, that's where i just write about all things hockey from uh october until right basically to the end of june so my latest column will be out tomorrow for my end of season column there you go and if you read german ice hockey news as well that's where you'll find me there as well over in Germany. For retiree, you're some busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I love it. I love it. this has been I'm completing now my 17th full season of doing this full time since I retired from the military to to pursue this as a full time gig. And uh it's had its ups and downs, guys, just like anything else. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing what I love doing and I'm I'm just fortunate enough that I've been still able to make a comfortable living doing it. Five more years though. Five more years. I just need five more good years. I get to 65 and draw in that sweet, sweet CPP and OAS money. Woo! Living the dream. Woo! Oh, wait, wait. No, that's not enough. Oh, I, I need more. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I'll be writing for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy wife, well, happy uh, life. Lyle. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, Lyle, I want to thank you very much for coming on uh, yet again and providing oh. us a ton of fun chat and, and and the stuff that we aren't airing is for a reason. 
<laughs> it's a little salty, kids. A little salty. Yeah. <laughs> kind of salty. The stuff we are hearing, though, is gold. So, as always, you're welcome to come back anytime. It's guys, seriously, it's it's my pleasure. It's fun to talk to you. It's fun to talk Habs and in specifically and and hockey in general. And uh, yeah, I like I'm serious. Uh, once the dust settles from all this in the next uh, four to six weeks, if you got any time, if nobody's uh, on a posting slump or anything like that this year, maybe uh, maybe we can uh, kind of <laughs> there he is. There's two thumbs and is on a posting slump. This guy. This I've guy. been on a posting slump for 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> live the dream baby hell yeah but uh yeah seriously though it'd be it would be kind of fun maybe if we can uh you know kind of come back in a, in in four to six weeks and just after the dust is settled and maybe kind of because i'd be interested in hearing you guys' thoughts too on on everything yeah. that's going to go on i'm also going to uh kind of give a listen up too for your your post draft show you know and and i want to hear all the inside details too if we're sober enough well listen i'll even, even take drunken I'll take drunken ramblings. Yeah. That that's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, ser- seriously, I, I do miss going to the drafts. I, I really do. You know, they're they're so much fun. And it's a great way to connect with you know with people in the industry and just just with fans and just make new friends. You know, who who love love the Habs or love hockey. It's it's fantastic. So much fun. Yeah, Elliot well, Freeman, uh, you said you'd be on the show. I'm calling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thank hey, John you. John Lou's on the show. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He, a couple times. Yes. So is Craig Button. Yep. <laughs> there you go. And John hung out with us, I might add. Yes. I saw, he I did. have photographic evidence of that, ladies and germs, which they, it's no secret because they spread it all over Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> Look at well, us. I mean, hang with John Lou. <laughs> I mean, John's hair is just, too perfect so i had to share that it's trim tr- trim hair I'm, I'm trying to get the john hair going here, <laughs> you're getting there. Yeah. It's, it's, john lou's getting trent crim hair it's perfect you know <laughs> yes <laughs> true uh so uh thank you to everybody who has tuned in who has listened who has followed mm-hmm. us until this point uh we're going to try and get you a ton more content before we head down to nashville and remember we are going to be in nashville so you follow the Habs Unfiltered page. There's going to be all kinds of content there. And as give Lyle a follow if you haven't already. You're missing out if you haven't. So uh, to everybody who's still listening at this point, thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.